Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us. A reminder right from the top, if you can't join us live on the Big X, we're always available as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison on Apple Podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us there each and every afternoon. And we're glad that you're with us to talk IU basketball. Yes, IU football, even in the disappointment, even during a bye week, and of course sports here locally in southern Indiana as well. Right from the jump as well, I want to remind you about the Thornton's text line. It's a fair, fairly new feature, uh, at least to our show here on the Big X, and appreciate those of you that have taken time to send in a comment, a question, uh, feedback, a topic, and I want to encourage you to do so as well, especially with some of our guests coming up today and the rest of the week. Get your questions, comments into us at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. And don't forget that Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts as well. Lots to get to. Big Ten Media Day or days, I should say, underway in Indianapolis. No, IU not in this first of two days. Mike Woodson and Terry Morin will be featured on Friday uh, at Big Ten Media Days. But just another event, another signal that the college basketball season is drawing near. And uh, we'll learn a lot about the conference from some of the interviews, uh, both with players and coaches today and tomorrow. And a lot of the coverage is on the Big Ten Network. I was watching Fred Hoiberg, the Nebraska coach, uh, give a rundown on his team just before we came on the air today. But fun stuff to study, to pay attention to. And again, hoops is almost here, college hoops especially. It is just around the corner. We will have Big Ten basketball before you know it in early December, and that is what I love most about the season. I love the early games, by the way, the two early kind of conference preview games that each team in the conference has. I love that uh, idea. Started a few years ago, has continued, and uh, love it. A, a little early taste before you get more non-conference games through Christmas and then back to the start of the Big Ten schedule in early January. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we have our Zaxby's headlines a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. we got a lot to get to, including, I think, some fairly significant recruiting news to get to today. And we'll talk Mike Woodson. We'll talk a few other topics here in the opening segment. Also, later in the program, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. He'll join us. We'll talk IU basketball coming out of Hoosier Hysteria, Big Ten Media Days, the team for the upcoming season, the schedule, the roster. We will cover it all. And, again, love to have your questions and comments for the Alex Bozich segment at 
1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Uh, that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service. Still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. All right, let's get into our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of today's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. I mentioned uh, IU uh, or Big Ten basketball media days today and tomorrow uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, Fred Hoiberg just finishing up. Uh, Jawan Howard of Michigan went a little earlier today, uh, as did Chris Holtman of Ohio State. Basically, from 8 o'clock in the morning until just about 11 o'clock, you get live interviews with men's and women's basketball coaches each day. Uh, tomorrow, Coach Woodson will be one of the latter speakers on the schedule. Uh, he will follow Coach Morin, who will talk IU women's basketball at 10-10, and then Coach Woodson is expected to uh, be on the podium about 10-20. It's about a 10-minute uh, segment, a 10-minute deal. So when we come on tomorrow, we should have uh, maybe some comments from Coach Woodson at Big Ten Media Days, which he will be part of on Friday. Again, that is originating from Indianapolis. The big news today, I think it's some recruiting news. And earlier in the week with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, we talked about a 2023 prospect from Centerville, Ohio, named Gabe Cups, who was at Hoosier Hysteria, has been to the campus before, and seems to be emerging as a very serious prospect, both Indiana's interest in him and vice versa. And yesterday, multiple reports out there that Cups is going to return to IU Monday and Tuesday of next week for a junior year official visit. Reminder that you can take, uh, you've always been able to take five official visits your senior year, but with recent changes in recruiting rules and guidelines. Now you can also take five officials as a junior as well. So I think Gabe Cups is a player to pay attention to. There seems to be some momentum there for Indiana. Uh, a guard, obviously, from Centerville, Ohio, not terribly far from Bloomington, uh, six foot two, has a lot of interest uh, from other schools in the Big Ten as well. Uh, so pay attention to Gabe Cups coming back to Bloomington. It appears Monday and Tuesday of next week. Could there be some momentum there? Could Indiana? maybe land an early commitment from him. He was at the, the campus, or on the campus, I should say, Saturday for Hoosier Hysteria and, of course, got a chance to see things and see the fans uh, back in the stands and talk with Coach Woodson and the staff and even Isaiah Thomas, Hall of Fame and former IU and NBA standout there to talk with Gabe Cups and other recruits as well. I've seen Cups make a number of comments about how really awesome it was to get the chance for him to interact with Isaiah Thomas on Saturday in Bloomington. Also, another recruiting note, uh, lots of visits still going on. The coaches are still able to hit campuses across the area, across the country, really, uh, during these fall-time open gyms and practices. And yesterday, I used uh, some of the coaches were at Bloomington North, not a far trip for the coaches, and offered a 2023 prospect, six foot seven forward named J.Q. Roberts, who plays at Bloomington North High School. We've talked about J.Q. some on this program. He has lots of interest. He's got a number of mid-major level scholarship offers, but I don't think he has any other offers from the Big Ten yet. Well, Indiana did offer him a scholarship last night. Roberts is considered a really special elite-level athlete, and those that have seen him, and I've seen him a couple times, but those that have seen him a lot more than me say 
He is just oozing with potential. He's got the body. He's got the athleticism, maybe a little more basketball skill, and he will definitely be a high major player. So, again, he's in Bloomington. Indiana, under other coaches, has had success keeping key Bloomington players around and the staff uh, getting in early with not only being interested in him and going out to see him play this past spring and summer, but also giving him a scholarship offer before some of the other competitors in the Big Ten last night. You would think Indiana would be in pretty good shape with J.Q. Roberts. So he's a he's a guy that will have a chance as his recruiting unfolds this winter and beyond uh, to see play because Bloomington North plays some of our local 4A schools here uh, in the area. But J.Q. Roberts, a very intriguing prospect, I think is how I would classify him. And again, a big-time athlete getting a scholarship offer last night from Mike Woodson and the coaching staff. There's a series on CBS Sports. It's put together by Matt Norlander and Gary Parrish, who are two of my favorite college basketball uh, analysts to follow. It's called Candid Coaches. And each year, right before the season begins, they present a number of interesting questions to college coaches at the Division I level. And they don't tell you who it is, but they do promise that it is some of the top coaches in the country, all the way down to mid-majors and small school coaches, all from the Division I level of basketball. They've asked a number of really interesting questions so far, and each question becomes a story or a piece that you can read on CBS Sports. And the the most recent uh, story that came out, this came out yesterday, was who was the best coaching hire in college basketball in the offseason for the for 2021. And if you they give you the percentages and then they give you some specific quotes that stand out from some of the different coaches that sent responses back in. Chris Beard of Texas, uh, according to other Division One coaches, was by far and away the best coaching hire of the offseason. He received 61% of the votes from these Division I anonymous coaches that vote on this. Uh, next behind him, Shaka Smart, who made the move to Marquette, was uh, a, a distant second at 17% of the vote. Then Porter Mosier, who went to Oklahoma, 8%. Wes Miller, uh, now at Cincinnati, 3%. Craig Smith, now at Utah, 3%. And others accounted for 8% of the vote. I think it's interesting. Uh, yes, Mike Woodson was one of the others in that 8% column that did receive some votes from other Division One college coaches. But, uh, again, interesting to see, and Chris Beard, for his success with Texas Tech, uh, especially recently, no question that he makes sense to be one of the uh, coaches that stands out the most as far as an offseason hire. But Mike Woodson in the mix, and Jawan Howard, in fact, this morning, I, I don't have the story in front of me, but Jawan Howard with some really strong words on what he thought about Indiana hiring Mike Woodson and the success that he feels like he can find in the type of program he will build. This was uh, Coach Howard talking earlier this morning at Big Ten Media Day's in Indianapolis. So clearly there's some buzz. There are other coaches that probably because of their involvement in Division One or, or whatever else it makes sense to be uh, highly – more get receive more votes, I guess is what I'm trying to say, than Mike Woodson. But he definitely, when you talk about coaches in the mix and when you talk about coaches that have made some noise in the offseason – uh, even though he hasn't coached a game yet. I think Mike Woodson is in the discussion for key hires this past offseason. One other college basketball note I wanted to pass along. The upcoming season, it should be played with somewhat the normalcy. I know that masks are going to be 
recommended and or required in certain arenas in certain places depending on the city and the local health department rules and university rules that they're following at that time. Uh, But one of the things that's still going to be a little different, the Maui Invitational is still not going to return to the islands of Hawaii. It's going to be in Las Vegas Uh, this 2021 season because of the COVID-19 pandemic. You'll remember IU, it seems like forever ago under Archie Miller in the uh, Maui Invitational, which was played in North Carolina. But the Maui, always a fun event to kind of signal the holidays coming up and signal uh, near the start of the college basketball season. Texas A&M, Wisconsin, Butler, Houston, Oregon, Chaminade, of course, as always, St. Mary's and Notre Dame make up the field for the Maui Invitational this year, though it will be played uh, in Las Vegas and not in Hawaii. So two years of the uh, two years of the Maui Invitational not being played in its uh, home arena, home state of Hawaii because of COVID-19. Also, uh, I want to mention this before we get to break, COVID, uh, let me get off of COVID, Major League Baseball, the wild cards games are so fun, and I talked some about this Earlier in the week, last night, enjoyed uh, watching, obviously, the uh, Cardinals and Dodgers and, of course, a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning for the Dodgers was uh, all it took for them to advance on to the playoffs. World Series or baseball playoff ties for IU, we know about Kyle Schwarber and what he's been able to do even this year for Boston. Of course, Boston defeated the Yankees uh, the night before in a one-game wild-card playoff. But I'd forgotten about this player, Alex Dickinson of IU. He graduated from IU, or Dickerson, excuse me, a former outfielder for the IU baseball program. Uh, He now plays for the Giants. And I was reading a Rick Bozich story on some local connections in the baseball playoffs a little earlier this morning, and it took uh, Dickerson seven seasons before he finally made it to the big league. So seven years of minor league baseball after he left IU baseball and uh, finally made it to the MLB in 2015, uh, played for the Padres to begin his professional career, uh, and then more recently for the San Francisco Giants, who that is who the Dodgers with the victory last night in walk-off fashion advance on to play. So a couple IU connections. Obviously, Schwarber is the, the standout, the star, and we all know kind of the legend that he has been in the postseason. I discussed that some earlier in the week, but also don't forget about Alex Dickerson, a former IU baseball player as well. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall and discuss the latest with IU basketball. Big Ten Media Days underway, actually wrapping up for the first of two days in Indianapolis. Mike Woodson will be on the podium tomorrow just before we come on the show. The college hoops season is almost here. High school basketball is just around the corner. The NBA season, well, the preseason began on Monday. Romeo having the big last-second three to help Boston to a win, and we'll be tracking him throughout the preseason to see uh, what kind of minutes and what kind of role he could have this season for the Celtics as well. We'll head to a break. Alex Bozic is next. Send in your questions and comments on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We're back with more after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. That is 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is with us now for the latest with IU Basketball. And Alex, I actually want to start with Major League Baseball, you're a big baseball guy, a big fan of the Chicago White Sox. I think it's okay to to say that, bring it up on the air. But I love the one-game wild-card playoff games. I know we've talked about this in past seasons, but I'm like everybody else. I like baseball, but I'm busy, and I'm guilty of not paying attention a lot during the regular season other than an occasional game or two. But the wild card games, no matter what the matchups are, if it's a team I like, if it's a team that has players I like or not, they seem to catch my attention every year. And I thought Boston and New York a couple nights ago was a great game. And last night, of course, the Dodgers and the Cardinals in walk-off fashion, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch, obviously, Matt. I mean, uh, some might call me – a sick person because I actually watch probably 80% of White Sox games during the regular season. So uh, 162 games scheduled, do the math. I'm, uh, you know, I may not watch every game all the way through, but I at least have it on some uh, shape or form. So uh, I'm, I'm really knowledgeable about the AL Central, not as knowledgeable about the other uh, divisions, but like you, I watched the last couple of nights and really it's been a lot of fun because you're kind of on the edge of your seat with every pitch uh, in a, in a winner go home situation. I did feel a little bit bad for the Dodgers last night. Obviously they won, but winning 106 games in the regular season and then being put in a position where you have to win a game to kind of actually make it into the regular playoffs seemed a little bit unfair, but that's the system uh, that major league baseball has. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, White Sox again today, I think at four o'clock, uh, they're going to play down in Houston. Nice to have them in the playoffs for uh, a second straight year. And obviously Boston, um, they've got an Indiana connection uh, with Kyle Schwarber. Uh, they're going to get a chance to, to play Tampa Bay. So playoffs are always a lot of uh, always a lot of fun. I kind of hate that the first round is only a best of five, given that they play such a long season and uh, do so much to get into the playoffs. To have, uh, I'd rather see it be. Uh, seven-game series all the way through. I think you get a uh, better representation of, of all the teams that way. But definitely looking forward to the playoffs getting uh, going today, later today, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Alex Bozich inside the hall. One more baseball question. You know, I've mentioned Kyle Schwarber occasionally throughout the season when he has a big game. Of course, new team uh, for Schwarber this year playing for Boston, and he had uh, some big moments from them uh, here just recently, a big game on Sunday and, of course, a home run a couple nights ago in the wild card game. Everybody, I think, remembers what he did in Chicago a few mm-hmm. seasons back. But when you look at his record, his history, especially in the playoffs, I mean, he really has been a guy that has taken his game to another level when it mattered most. 
obviously couldn't cheer for him when he was on the Cubs because, I, you know, as a White Sox fan, we don't we don't cheer for the Cubs. But now uh, a little bit more willing to to pull for Schwarber. He was, a, I mean, didn't really surprise me how good he's been in the major leagues. I mean, if you watch, I watched a lot of IU baseball when he was on the team. Him and Sam Travis were a really good one-two punch, but he's just an incredible hitter. Always wondered how he would make it with the Cubs because – you know, he wasn't a great defensive catcher, but he was able to be good enough to play the field and play the outfield. Really did a good job, um, you know, kind of just being good enough uh, to where they had to keep him in the lineup uh, because his bat was so good. And uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, to watch him play. I mean, he had a home run the other night. That was that was cool to see. And uh, obviously I'll be uh, rooting for him the rest of the way here in the playoffs as long as he's not going up against the White Sox. Absolutely. Alex Bozich, a little baseball. Good luck to your White Sox and enjoy your dad's piece at WDRB.com this morning that uh, listed all the connections for uh, IU and Louisville. And I don't think Kentucky has any active players on rosters uh, in the playoffs, but I'd forgotten about Alex Dickerson as well, an outfielder uh, for the Giants. So we'll be keeping an eye on him uh, in the upcoming yeah. playoffs as well. My, my dad's actually going up to Chicago on Sunday. Oh, for... okay. Game three, so he's a, uh, you know, I inherited a lot of different things from him, and White Sox fan was one of them. But he takes it kind of to the next level. He watches pretty much every game, and he will be in the stadium on Sunday, so that's uh, going to be a lot of fun for him. Awesome stuff, Alex Bozich, my guest. Uh, for those of you that aren't uh, White Sox fans or baseball fans, I promise we're getting to IU basketball right now. <laughs> uh, Alex, let's talk a little recruiting. I think we've got a couple things there to unpack. Uh, Gabe Cups, who's been a familiar name around IU recruiting, he's a 2023 point guard from Centerville, Ohio, a Midwest kid. Uh, there seems to be a lot of traction. He was back on campus again for Hoosier Hysteria with a number of other players and prospects. And then it's been reported multiple places that he's actually going to take a junior year official visit, which I forget about. I'd like your comments on that as well. That's a new thing where players can take five official visits in their junior year and five again in their senior year. And I believe you could repeat a, a trip to Indiana or any school you want from junior to senior official visits. But there seems to be a real uptick with Gabe Cups. What can you tell us about his game, his recruitment, and is it uh, different and interesting to you to see these official visits be available in their junior year as well? Well, you may not know this, Matt, but Caleb Banks, the kid that committed uh, to Indiana in the 2022 class, he actually took an official visit, a junior year official visit to Indiana this summer. And then this fall, early this fall, actually, uh, late August, he went ahead and took his senior year uh, official visit. So within two, three months, he took two official visits to Indiana. So uh, it's not all that uncommon now. It's a rule that's been changed in the last, I want to say, uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but five to seven years where you could take these junior year uh, official visits. I think it's great because uh, it gives kids a chance to maybe get to some schools that they wouldn't otherwise be able to see as juniors because let's say you're a kid from New Albany, Indiana, and you're being recruited by UCLA. Are, are your parents really going to put up all this money to take you out to, to California? But, if, you know, if you have the opportunity to take an official visit, uh, everything can be paid for and you can get out there. Specifically the Gabe Cups, you know, he's somebody that Indiana has really made a, a strong effort to recruit. I think the fact that he's going to be on campus here again kind of says a lot that he's very interested in Indiana and they're very interested in him. I'd be a little surprised to see him 
make a decision before he actually sees Indiana play a game this year. But it it does seem like things are trending uh, very well here for Indiana, and uh, he's a guy that you know, talking to some people, they think he can be a a very good four year point guard um, that uh, makes a, a long term impact on the program. So I think that would be a really good. Uh, pick up for Indiana if they were able to get a commitment from him sometime this fall, maybe into the winter. Alex Cups has already taken official visits, uh, junior year official visits to Ohio State and Michigan. Again, he's from mm-hmm. he's from Centerville, Ohio. The interest with Indiana back and forth seems to be strong, but is it realistic for fans to think that uh, Indiana can go into the state of Ohio and land a player that Ohio State also has been recruiting uh, at a fairly young age and also been one of the early schools to offer a scholarship to? I think so because now that he's, you know, I think he's visiting like for like the fourth time. I mean, it definitely signals to me that he's very serious about Indiana and they're very serious about him to go ahead and have him on campus uh, for an official visit. So uh, we'll see uh, how it all shakes out in Michigan. Obviously the school that offered him as well, but they've got, uh, I believe a point guard <laughs> excuse me, was committed in 2022. I think they just took another guard in 2024, so the number situation there uh, may not work out quite as well uh, there at Michigan, but it definitely seems like Indiana's uh, one of the schools that's put themselves at the forefront of his recruitment here moving forward. Alex Bozich inside the hall. I have not seen Cups play in person other, I than yeah, some, I other than some video stuff online, which I think I saw maybe on your website. But one thing mm-hmm. that I read about Cups a lot from guys that have seen him play is that he has a really high basketball IQ. And, of course, I love this fact. His dad is the coach at Centerville High School in Ohio. So he comes from, from a coach's family, from a basketball family. There's no question about that. Yeah, I mean, maybe, and like I said, I haven't seen him play in person, but maybe there's some kind of, some kind of uh, comparison here to be made to a guy like Jordan Holes or a guy like Aaron Kraft. Similar players, uh, high school, well-coached, uh, come from strong basketball backgrounds. I think he won a state championship last year. And, you know, I know Jordan Holes won a state uh, championship, I believe, at Bloomington South and went on to be a really good four-year player. I mean, you can't have enough guys who are going to stick around uh, probably for four years that can shoot the ball high IQ, uh, and really uh, want to be a part of a, a Big Ten program. It seems like with Cups, he definitely uh, wants to play in the Big Ten, given the school that he's uh, looking at. So I think it'd be a great pickup if Indiana could get him early. A new offer went out yesterday as well to an in-state player named J.Q. Roberts of Bloomington mm-hmm. North. Uh, the coaches were at his open gym as practice last night in Bloomington. Obviously not far for them to go and watch him, and he's got lots of interest, but really I think – IU is his first big scholarship offer. He's had a number of mid-major offers uh, for a while. Some in-state schools also like Indiana State, Miami of Ohio, Northern Illinois, all somewhat reasonably located mid-major schools. But Indiana uh, getting in. Butler also interested in him. Uh, J.Q. Robert sounds like a real athlete that has his best days of basketball ahead of him and I think an intriguing prospect right in the backyard of, of IU to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, I think if Indiana was going to try to make its move and get him early, this was probably a smart thing to do to go ahead and extend the offer because, as you mentioned, it's his first high major offer. Uh, they're nearby, uh, and they had him on campus for Hoosier hysteria. He's taken other you know, other visits uh, since the coaching change. So Mike Woodson and Dane Fife, I believe, went over there uh, last night and extended the offer. So we'll see how serious he is about uh, Indiana 
and, and making a decision. A lot of times you see local kids uh, get that offer. Uh, I remember Anthony Leal uh, got the Indiana offer, and it wasn't very long after that he went ahead and made a decision to commit to the Hoosiers. So uh, J.K. Roberts is another guy I've watched a lot of film on. Looks like his best days are ahead of him, as you mentioned. A lot of athleticism, versatility, and he may be a guy that, you know, right now his national profile isn't uh, as, you know, as well-known as some other guys, but who knows, the last couple of years of high school could really blow up and it could end up being a really smart decision for Indiana to go ahead and get in now with the offer and maybe try to secure an early commitment here. Alex, a couple of things that stand out to me, and I've seen JQ play uh, not a ton, but but enough to see that he, he does have some real ability, athletic ability, uh, that could be honed into, I, I think, a, a very good basketball player. But a couple things that stand out to me as I read more about him. Number one, his mother is an IU graduate. His sister is a sophomore uh, at IU. He's a Bloomington native. And also some of the Indiana elite people, that's who he plays travel ball for in the spring and summer. Some of the guys that you and I have known for years that run that program, uh, one of them is named Mike Fox, and he he called him – one of the hardest workers that he has ever seen. So you put a lot of talent and athleticism uh, along with a guy that's willing to go to work, and then you know you've got a chance for I think a special player down the line. For sure, um, the Indiana elite thing uh, usually has worked out pretty well for Indiana for IU. I mean, Christian Lander was an Indiana elite kid. Uh, Trey Galloway. Anthony Leal, the list goes on. Uh, some of these, uh, you know, going back to Jordan Holes and, and uh, Cody Zell, a lot of those guys had those ties to Indian Elite and him being a Bloomington native. There's just a lot here uh, that makes it seem uh, more than likely that he's a guy that Indiana uh, could get uh, a commitment from sooner rather than later. But we'll see. I mean, you know, obviously his ties to Indiana are strong. Uh, as you mentioned, his mom being a graduate, his sister going there. Uh, you know, I, I think if you're a kid from Bloomington, you grow up there, you have a chance to get a scholarship and go play at IU. Uh, most of the time uh, you're going to take that opportunity. I mean, there's really not been too many examples of high major kids from Bloomington uh, leaving. You know, Musa Jallo obviously uh, went to Ohio State. Sean May is a guy that ended up leaving Bloomington and going to North Carolina. But the program was in a much different uh, situation uh, at that time. And with, with Jallo, Indiana, I don't think really pushed for a commitment. So I think if Indiana makes a strong push here, uh, they're going to be in great shape. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest, talking IU basketball always on Thursdays here on the program. Big Ten Media Days got underway this morning in Indianapolis. They will continue tomorrow, and that's when we'll hear from Mike Woodson and IU. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought it was interesting earlier today that Jawan Howard uh, was asked some sort of question about Mike Woodson. He had some very positive words about him uh, going back to their days in the NBA together, as you would expect that coaches – uh, would have that uh, respect for each other. But, you know, when you think about Jawan Howard and Mike Woodson, there are some comparisons. They're not exactly the same if you look at their paths. But uh, an NBA guy, a former player, former coach, I guess in Jawan's case, an assistant coach, uh, most recently going back home to the college where he played and was a star at, those are all very similar traits that he and Mike Woodson share. Jawan Howard has been a real success. I don't think there's any other way to classify that so far at Michigan. So IU fans, I think, pay attention to that and, and look at those similarities between the two. And uh, interesting to see Jawan Howard have some pretty uh, kind comments about a guy he's going to do real battles with coming up here in just a few months. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily surprised by that because, like you said, they're, they were in the NBA together in terms of, you know, Mike Woodson coaching in the NBA when Juan Howard was a player. Uh, they both uh, worked in the NBA as assistant coaches. Uh, I'm sure they know each other well. And, you know, from I, I, one thing I think that the Big Ten uh, really didn't uh, put too much of a focus on uh, in previous, uh, you know, decades was – you know, making sure that they had a, a good uh, representation of minority coaches in the league. And I think it was a real positive this offseason that you see Micah Shrewsbury getting hired at Penn State, Ben Johnson at Minnesota, Mike Woodson uh, at Indiana, and Juwan Howard, obviously a couple off-seasons ago. You know, I think this is, this is great for the league, and I'm sure those guys have a lot of mutual respect for each other, uh, nothing but good things to say. The comparison is interesting. Obviously, they both come from an NBA background, but – the difference is Jawan Howard uh, made over $100 million as a player. He's got those ties to the Fab Five where, uh, you know, there, there's just a, a different, uh, I, I don't know the right word to say, but just a different it factor, I guess, with Jawan Howard in terms of being able to attract recruits. And I think uh, it would be great if Mike Woodson's able to kind of replicate that with his NBA background. But his ties to the Fab Five and uh, what that, uh, the group meant in terms of being icons in college basketball just make him, I think, a little bit different just in terms of how he's looked at by recruits. Uh, he has uh, at least a little bit more credibility probably on the recruiting trail with a lot of these kids when he can go into a living room and say, hey, I was one of the you know the icons of the Fat Five and made over $100 million. I worked in the NBA. I can help you get there. Mike Woodson hoping to sell somewhat of the same message, just a little bit of a different background. But I think those guys are going to definitely have a ton of respect for one another and it'll be interesting to see uh if indiana can get to the level of michigan because really since tom cream uh left indiana hasn't beaten michigan archie miller didn't beat them once and uh that's one of the programs that, that indiana really needs to try to get back up to their level if they want to be competitive in the big 10 alex when big 10 media days happens at that point, typically, we've already heard from a lot of the coaches at their own respective preseason events and media days they have on campus, and that's obviously the case with Mike Woodson. We've heard from him just a week or so ago. In fact, we heard from all the players as well uh, leading up to Hoosier hysteria. But for me, the Big Ten media days is kind of a last opportunity to find out any unknowns or begin to put final thoughts together about what this season could look like and predictions for you know top players in the conference and obviously the top teams in the conference and then from a Hoosier perspective where we could see IU finishing in conference play not just guessing like we do in the offseason back in May and June when we're just starved to talk basketball but to be able to talk with a little bit more authority about what things are going to look like in Big Ten play this year and you were part of the official unofficial Big Ten media poll that came out just a few days before Big Ten media days began in Indiana, like they've been in other preseason publications for the most part, was picked to finish seventh in the conference for the upcoming season. I don't understand really why the Big Ten doesn't have a media poll in the preseason like so many other conferences do, but nonetheless, I don't think uh, myself and others, including listeners, were very surprised at uh, IU's predicted order of finish. Uh, that's where, as you and I have talked in recent weeks and other publications have been released, uh, almost spot on where the Hoosiers have been placed at. Yeah, I mean, they're, if you look at, I think, Athlon, Lindy's, and Blue Ribbon, I think they were seventh in all of those, and then they're picked seventh in the official, unofficial Big Ten media poll. I picked them eighth. I mean, 
seventh, eighth, sixth, whatever. I mean, they're all, I think, pretty uh, close together just in terms of where uh, you look at uh, this team uh, going in the preseason. Most interesting thing to me was Michigan and Purdue really tying at the top of the league. Tiebreaker was broken uh, by Michigan getting one more first-place vote. But if you look at their points, they were similar. Uh, I think some people maybe thought Michigan had a you know a slight edge, maybe a little more, a little tier above Purdue going into the season. But to see Purdue up there uh, neck and neck with Michigan was a little bit of a surprise for me. And the other thing that kind of stood out was Kofi Coburn. Uh, preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. I thought the, the voting would be maybe a little bit more uh, spread out uh, with, with some of the names, but he garnered the most votes by a pretty significant margin. So, yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I don't necessarily understand why the Big Ten doesn't do that. I don't know if they just don't want to make certain schools mad or embarrass anybody, but, uh, you know, maybe if it was the official Big Ten media poll, I wouldn't get to participate in it, so... I'll take uh, I'll take the participation in this. It's fun exercise every year that Brendan Quinn of the Athletic and Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch have been nice enough to include me and Zach Osterman in, and something I take pretty seriously. Try to do a lot of research on and do my best every year. But ultimately, I think most Indiana fans are hoping that I'm uh, dead wrong on the pick for eighth place. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. Your specific ballot, which you were kind enough to print uh, separate from the the tallies, you had Indiana eighth, so a spot behind the average. I think the highest, maybe a couple writers had him fifth, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you you feel solidly at this point, Alex, that despite all of the excitement around Mike Woodson and some of the good additions in the offseason, that there's just too much unknown about this roster to place them any higher than seventh or even eighth on your ballot? Yeah, I mean, one of the things um, that kind of gives me pause is just the fact that they haven't really outperformed expectations uh, since the 2015-16 season. That's a long time, and I, uh, you know, I've been burned by them uh, several times in recent years. So I've kind of gotten myself to the. Uh, I talked about this on a podcast with Zach Osterman that I did uh, yesterday on Inside the Hall. I just kind of said, uh, with Indiana, I'm more in a uh, prove it to me uh, point. You know, do I think they could finish fifth, sixth, maybe fourth? Yeah, I do if things go their way, but we haven't seen we haven't seen it yet. And there's, to me, there's still a lot that we don't know about this team, particularly in the backcourt. I really like some of the additions that they uh, made, but I think guard play is everything in college basketball, and there's a lot of questions as to who's going to fill what role, what the point guard rotation looks like. Can Xavier Johnson be a guy that doesn't turn the ball over like he did at Pitt, doesn't get the technicals that he did at Pitt. Can Rob Fennessey regain his confidence? Is Christian Lander going to be uh, the five-star recruit that he came onto campus as? Or is he going to be a guy that couldn't finish a, a two-point field goal for most of last season? So to me, the, the guard situation is going to tell the story. If Indiana's guards are as good uh, as they could be, at least in terms of their potential, I can see a fourth or fifth-place finish for that going into the season. I think uh, where I have them was was more than justified. You look at the teams that I put, put ahead of them, one was Rutgers. Some people had questioned that, but Rutgers beat Indiana three times last season. They have Geo Baker back. They have Ron Harper back. They have two other guards back. They have Cliff Omaruri in the front court, and they're a difficult team to play against. So I don't think it's a slam dunk that Indiana's going to finish ahead of any of the teams that I had in front of them in my preseason poll. Alex, I don't think anybody could argue with that that perspective, that uh, with how many times 
whether you're an IU fan or you're a journalist covering the Hoosiers, maybe you felt some excitement or you felt the ability for progress within the program. And maybe there's even been some progress at times, but it never seems to be sustained, even within a small period of time or even within a, se- a season. I like your approach. I think if I'm voting in that poll, I pick IU sixth or seventh, maybe fifth, but sixth or seventh. Uh, but I, I also I, I don't uh, fault you at all for your prove it to me type attitude. I, I I don't think any fan or any listener could argue with that based on some disappointments. Uh, there's been a number of them in recent years when it comes to where this team could or should finish in conference play and where they've actually been at when things are done. Yeah, even if you say they're seventh, which I I, I would. I wouldn't argue with anybody that picks them seventh. The teams ahead of them in that scenario are Michigan, Purdue, Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Maryland. We all we, we know how good Michigan and Purdue are. Illinois has got Kofi Coburn, Andre Carbello, and Trip Frazier. Ohio State's been good, been a good regular season team. They haven't done much in the in the tournament under Chris Holtman, but they've been pretty solid every year. He's a great coach. They have EJ Liddell. Michigan State, you know, pick Michigan State below fifth or sixth. Uh, in the Big Ten at your own risk because it usually doesn't happen. In Maryland, they had some really good transfers come in. They have some good players coming back, and Eric Ayala and, and Donta Scott. So, uh, you know, and even the teams that in the scenario you pick Indiana seventh that are right behind them, Wisconsin, Rutgers, and Iowa, I mean, those are teams that are, I think, on a given night are going to be capable of beating anybody in the Big Ten. I mean, Wisconsin's always difficult to play against with their style of play. Iowa's difficult because they're a good offensive team, and Rutgers is a grinded-out team. So, I think legitimately, there's a you know there's ten teams that could be potential NCAA tournament teams. Beyond that, you look at Northwestern, Nebraska, Penn State, and Minnesota. I'd be surprised if any of those teams made the tournament. Yep, absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Final topic for you. I wanted to talk about is the health of this team. As we mm-hmm. sit here today, we're basically one month and a couple days away from. IU opening up on November 9th at home against Eastern Michigan. Now, fans were, I think, disappointed was the message I heard uh, at Hoosier Hysteria because, yeah, you got to see the skills competition and it was fun and there were recruits there. And, you know, there's a lot of positives in that day. Isaiah Thomas, I think, was the coolest uh, part of Hoosier Hysteria, if you ask me. But no scrimmage. And part of that was Mm -hmm. because there were some issues with health or concerns, whatever the situation was. As we sit here a month from basically the the first regular season game, what do we know about the health of this team? Are there guys out right now? Is there one that anyone that is injured or may not be ready to go when when IU takes the floor officially for the first time under Mike Woodson? Yeah, this seems like the question that comes up most often uh, with fans in Indiana. Uh, it's not just Indiana. A lot of programs are not very forthcoming or transparent about injuries. Uh, it's not like the NFL where you have to disclose an injury report. The NBA does the same thing. Uh, college football and, and college basketball, for whatever reason, there's a lot of paranoia for, with the coaches. They don't want to put information out there on injuries. But for, I can tell you uh, just think, some things that I've heard. You know, We know for a fact that Logan Duncan and Michael Durr and I think Anthony Leal did not play down in the Bahamas. Uh, my understanding is Leal's back, Duncan's back. It doesn't sound like to me based on what I've heard, that Michael Durr is back practicing at this point. Christian Lander uh, was wearing a boo to Hoosier hysteria. Uh, sounds like Xavier Johnson made a comment uh, after Hoosier hysteria that he hadn't been practicing recently. 
Uh, I don't know if that's just a minor situation where he's a little bit banged up, but there's some bumps and bruises, obviously, with this group, but I think they're playing it smart. There's no reason to uh, push anything right now when you've got plenty of time now before the season starts. They're going to have these two closed scrimmages against Cincinnati and Belmont. You want to have as many guys healthy as possible for that, and we'll see where the, the chips fall. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely, a, a, I think, a source of frustration. Fans don't necessarily have that insight as to what's going on with injuries. But once the games actually start, we'll see who's available on a given night. And it sounds like Indiana's uh, moving closer to being at full strength. But right now, they're definitely not there. No, no question about it. Alex Bozich inside the hall. You can read more, lots of content on the Hoosiers and basketball at insidethehall.com. And you can follow Alex at Inside the Hall on Twitter. Alex, thank you for the chat today. Best of luck to your White Sox as well when they begin MLB playoff action later today. Thanks, Matt. I'll be tuning in and I'll talk to you again next week. Absolutely. Alex Bozich, always with us on Thursdays, a real staple of this program as we chat uh, IU hoops and some fun moments ahead. I, I, I think that seventh place, eighth place, as Alex voted him, is fair for this team. But I do think that there uh, are some reasons to wonder if Indiana can put it all together with some of the new faces uh, that they couldn't slide into a higher spot. And I think that's what's going to make it so fun to watch about this team. It's a fresh start, a fresh coach, lots of new players, but a good mix of returning guys as well that should keep things very interesting. We'll head to our final quick break, and when we come back, we'll get you all set for the weekend. Big Ten football, can't wait for that Iowa, oh, uh, Iowa, I almost said Ohio State, Iowa-Penn State game on Saturday. That is going to be a fun one, and of course, with IU football having the week off, uh, at least my attention will go to other Big Ten football games, but specifically that one. Stay with us. The final quick segment is ahead. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, before we get out of here on this Thursday, a couple quick IU football figures for you. I thought this was interesting. All right, there, there's no shame in losing to Iowa who was ranked number three or is ranked number three, of course, got shut out. The Hoosiers did by Penn State on Saturday night. They are number four in the country and then beat uh, before that game by number six, Cincinnati. Those teams, the three IU losses, are a combined 14-0 and when you tally the records of Iowa, Penn State, and Cincinnati this season. So there's no shame in that. But the margin of defeat, the combined margin of defeat in those three games, opponents are the victorious opponents, 96, Iowa, or excuse me, IU 30. IU, if you tally everything up, has been defeated 96-30 over those three games. And in the Big Ten losses, which are Iowa in game number one and then last week to Penn State, IU defeated 58-6 if you tally that up. In the SP Plus rankings on ESPN.com, Hardest schedules to date, Indiana is number five. And hardest full season schedules, 
Indiana number one. Some tough things for IU football. Back with you Friday. Thanks for being with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.